0: Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Finance and Accounting Show. And today we're talking to a founder of a amazing firm that is doing some great, great things. And I guess when we jump into the story, you'll understand exactly why I say he's doing some great things. So stay tuned for the show. Welcome to another episode of the finance and the accounting show. This is the place to go for small business owners. If you're looking for a great way to understand the finance and the accounting side of your business, you're in the right place. So stay tuned and enjoy the episode. So without further ado, let me bring my guest on. John, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, John, one of the things that I really enjoy doing is bringing on other other firm founders and owners on because it's very different from practicing accounting to actually running a firm. So it's always a pleasure to bring on other firm founders on.
1: Yeah, happy to be here. And you're right. It's a, it's a little bit of a different skill set doing the accounting versus you know managing the the company.
0: <laughs> now, for you like what was your kind of your path? Like how did you even get into accounting and then segue your in, way into actually like running a firm?
1: So, um I was fortunate to have a really great mentor in my life at a, a, an early age where I was choosing like what I should do in college. I actually when I went to college, I thought, you know what? I want to be a professional video game player i just want to make money playing video games and at that point it wasn't really a thing apparently i was a decade ahead of my time um but then i started taking some classes and realized you know not a single homework assignment was just to play video games i should probably do something more um because it was way more complicated and so i asked this mentor i go based on what you know about me what do you think i mean this guy He's a su- successful business owner, owned some dealerships, started some other businesses, was the mayor of a town, um, re- really well versed guy. And he said, you know, based on my personality, he felt like business, um, business or being a lawyer would probably be something I'd be good at. And it just so happened that both those paths took me through an accounting class in college. And it was the first time in my life that a subject clicked. Like, Everything else, I've always had to work at. I've had to put the time into study, and I still had to study. Don't get me wrong; accounting is mm-hmm. crazy, and the tax code's seventy six thousand pages. But I, it was like the concepts; it just made sense to me. It felt right, so I'm like, "This is this has got to be my thing." Um, and so that kind of started me on the path. And um, I took a, my first job out of college was as a controller for a door to door sales company. And that I'm sure we might get into more of that story uh, depending on where your questions go, but that company ended up closing its doors. And, um, so here I am with this accounting degree. In fact, I had a master's degree in tax and I'm like, uh, I was taught from my school to be an employee, like, Hey, be an employee, become a cog in the wheel, work for a big four accounting firm. That's the path of happiness. And, um, (laughs) Here I was, I took a job at a very large company. I mean, they did $30 million in revenue the same year they closed their doors. Wow. And it's like, you know, I thought that should have given me job security. That w- that's what I was taught. Mm-hmm. And come to find out it didn't, because I, I didn't make the decisions that led to the demise of the company. Mm-hmm. And uh, I realized I'd rather have control over my life. And maybe that means waking up every day unemployed because that's what we do as business owners. We're unemployed every day. We wake up and uh, we have to go out and make money. And so that gave me better control. And that's kind of how I got into not just being the accountant, but now owning the accounting firm.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. No, I mean, such an amazing story. So I definitely want to dive in a little bit more on that. Now, one of the things that, you know, that you talked about was, you know, that you know, being in that place where, like I said, you didn't really make any of the, of the decisions that led to the demise of that, that company. but And later on, you went on, like I said, now starting a very successful firm. So what was it like making that mental switch from you were trained to be a cog in the wheel, now it's just like, hey, it's my job to actually create the wheel. Like, what was that journey like for you?
1: Um, it was slow. I mean... Uh, having been taught all that and as an introvert and just a natural, like detailed person, um, I definitely, I don't know if you're familiar with the Colby score at all. It's it, it, this test you can take that tells you what your modus operandum is, like how do you approach problems? And some people, lots of entrepreneurs are quick starts. They just naturally have an idea and they're willing to jump in. I am not a natural quick start. My quick start score is as low as it can possibly go. And so I analyzed a lot of stuff. Um, I thought through it. Um, luckily for me, bad times helped motivate me because with a company that's going under, um, again, I'm sticking to this ideal at the time. Like, no, job security. like they don't talk about the possibility that the company you're working for is going to go out of business. That's never brought up in any classes as they teach you work for a company. And here it is going out of business. So in my head, I'm like, no, it's not possible. They'll turn it around. We did $30 million in revenue. They'll fig- the owners will figure it out. And uh, so I ended up working for that company for a few months without getting a paycheck. Oh, wow. And I was married at the time. We had a, a kid and my wife was pregnant and i'm not bringing home any money yet working 50 to 60 hours a week trying to do my part in helping the company stay in business and uh yeah so it just it came down to enough is enough and we can't like we have to pay our own bills <laughs> and so um i was fortunate enough that a neighbor at the time had just started an accounting firm and so i could go to him because he had an existing thing and i'm like, hey. <laughs> Uh, I have a master's degree in tax and I'm about to lose my job or really I lost my job because I'm not getting paid. I'm just the idiot still showing up to try to help. <laughs> um, so it was kind of a need to put food on my table that really helped me flip that switch uh, just because it's not a natural incl- inclination that I had to just, oh, let's oh, let's dive in. Because um, even nowadays, like as I grow, like right, we're, we have 30 team members Um, which is crazy to me, thinking about where I came from. And now we have this big company. Uh, I am the most incompetent person in my business at any time. Because here's the issue. We've always grown. Every single year that I've been in business, the firm has grown in revenue. Which means I've never owned and operated a company at the size that I'm currently at. If I went back and we decreased revenue, like, oh, I know how to manage that company. I could have some competency in it. But the reality is I, I don't. And so what I found is it's been really helpful to have mentors that actually been down this path before I have. And so I can rely on them. And obviously, we make mistakes. I think as owners, we need to give ourselves more grace with the, the mistakes we make because it's just a natural part of what we do. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that is definitely very true. I mean, from just making that transition of growing and like I said, you've you've never been at this stage before. So it, it brings up a very interesting point of as you navigate new phases and you know, leading from the front. I mean, how do you then at the same time inspire confidence in the people who are trusting your leadership as you guys are growing and making it your way through new areas?
1: Yeah. I probably, I don't know, man, there's a part of his, the answer is, I don't know how I'm doing it. Um, You know, some of my mentors have done a really good job of helping me understand the importance of us casting our vision so that they see the vision. I'm also a very open person and I'm not, you know, like my team knows that when I make a mistake, I own it, I apologize, like, and I just talk through like, this is why I made that decision. This is what I learned. Uh, And so they have confidence that they can see like, you know what, John may not always make the right decisions, but we know that if it's the wrong decision, it usually gets fixed pretty quickly. And then a lot of the decisions end up working out because I am safe by nature. And so I try to only make decisions once I've really thought them out. And of course, at this point with 30 team members, I have a leadership team So there's four of us that meet, and so it's not just my, I'm not like in a silo anymore. Um, Other people can bring in, based on the departments they're managing, what they think we should do based on their experience, because they're more in the day-to-day and dealing with the front lines than I am at this point.
0: Awesome. That is amazing. I mean, it's amazing to hear, you said, the growth that you've you've gone through. And so I'm very curious about, you know, when it comes down to the types of clients that your firm specializes in helping, can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. You know, from a marketing standpoint, we spend a lot of effort talking to fitness professionals and gym owners, um, but they still only represent like 25% of our clients. So we, we have realtors we have man like not a ton of manufacturing a lot of service-based companies coaches um dentists but ultimately i i would say it's more of a behavior of clients like we are really looking for the owner who believes that by them growing they are making the world a better place they have a desire to leave a legacy um on their community and so for us Cause look, there are people out there who are just interested in making a buck. And we've seen those. We're probably on email lists from some of those people where it's just like, they're constantly trying to sell to us. That's not who we are. It doesn't fit our culture. It doesn't fit our personality. And again, to each their own, that's what they've chosen. We just enjoy working better knowing that by us helping our clients grow their wealth through tax savings and cash flow management, they then can take that. And we're confident that they're going to make the world a better place. And so like, that's kind of motivates us to keep doing what we're doing. And, you know, provide all that we provide for them, because they're just, it's better. Everybody wins in that scenario.
0: No, I absolutely love it. I mean, from from my background of, of like I said, of being a CPA as well, like I don't focus on taxation, but it's one of those things that I always tell clients is like, you know, having a good tax person that can help you understand and wrap your mind around that part of your business is like very critical. So when business owners come to your firm, you know, uh, are most of them or any of them um, usually well versed in it or are a lot of them just kind of like, hey we need some help in this area.
1: Yeah, the majority are not well-versed. Occasion, um, I would say a handful, maybe five times a year we'll come across a client and we, we can say, you are set up very good. Uh, but most of the time, they didn't choose the right entity. They're overpaying themselves in a W-2. They're not looking at the distributions the right way. They certainly aren't understanding how the IRS looks at business deductions or how the tax code explains how you can write off things. And so, um, yeah, not not super well-versed, which isn't surprising, right? No one goes into business because they wanna understand the tax strategy <laughs> behind uh, the stuff that they're actually passionate about.
0: No, I, I completely agree, because I, I definitely think that you know, from even when I think about my graduate um graduate degree where some of the advanced tax strategy classes that we had to take, where I was like, you know what, there probably aren't very many business owners that actually understand this or even care to know it to this level of detail.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. In fact, <laughs> we, we actually oftentimes have to teach our accountants like, look, our job is to speak human to our clients, not accountants. <laughs> And it, based on their question, you have to immediately jump to what's the result to them. That's what they want to know. They don't need to understand that there's seven forms they have to get filled out and how the IRS is going to process it and which tax code it's relevant to. Like They don't care about that information. So please, for love, stop sharing it with them. They don't want it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, it's something I, I was... Um... I did a, 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 a talk once and it was, we were talking about, you know, it was communication for accountants. And that was one of the things that I brought up is like, sometimes like our technical know-how becomes a barrier to like them actually getting the bottom line of what we want them to know. Cause I'm like, they really don't care about how technical yeah. we, what we do and what we know. They just want the result.
1: <laughs> exactly, they want, and then, and then a lot of times like just the way the tax code uses words It's not normal definitions of that word. So it's like, I said this, but they heard something else because of the way they understand that word in their life. Mm -hmm.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, how have you found it with, you know, with growing such a, you know, a great team? I mean, with 30 people, I mean, that, that is, that's amazing growth as a team. I mean, considering, like you said, you started from, in theory, working for free for a company that was going under to, to now leading a team of 30 people, what has that journey been like as you've seen more people come on the team and you've seen like the reach of your firm grow even more with every person that comes on the team?
1: Yeah, it's one, it's very fulfilling. Um, but it's been a wild journey. I mean, it's been, oh, I guess, six years now, six, seven years. Um, you know if anyone's listening and they haven't hired anyone yet i would say like man having that first hire is super important but that was a big hurdle for me because up until that point if i made mistakes i was the only one who was affected but now bringing on someone full-time knowing that you know i'm providing for their livelihood now when i make a mistake it also affects them it's kind of like um, I don't know if you've ever heard this analogy, but like someone who doesn't have children, they might drive a little bit differently. But as soon as they have a kid and that kid is in the car, or even if it's not now, all of a sudden there's someone else relying on you. We become a little bit more careful, less risk taking, you know. Uh, But from that first hire, which was, again, a big hurdle, because it's like, oh, I don't even know if I have enough work for that person, which is laughable. (laughs) I promise you have enough work to (laughs) everyone has enough work uh, to have another person on right now. That's just the nature of things. But then, yeah, as we grow, what's interesting is my view on things has changed. When I first started out, it was how do I put food on the table? And then it became, okay. now I'm comfortable how do I make sure my team members have a good life because accounting firms in general, they actually suck. They like the big four suck. And they, they provide a lot of golden handcuffs to people and they're so big and obviously the works there, but I just, I don't like the culture they've created. I didn't like, I learned my lesson when I worked at Deloitte Um, and you have this scenario then where these other smaller accounting firms are just trying to copy their model. And I, I don't like that because really they just, they treat their staff like they're like replaceable. And yes, on one hand, as a business owner, you have to know that your people are replaceable. So you don't hold on to bad people, but you don't approach it from the standpoint of like, I'm going to wear you out until you're burnt out. And then I'm just going to replace you because now you're not putting in the time that I need you to. Like, I mean, it's just, it's work shouldn't feel like prison. And so then my view started changing. Like, man, I have all these people. I wanna make sure they're happy. I don't ever wanna have this scenario where we're an accounting firm that has the same problems that the big four have. I mean, you can go to any of those like glass door types of things where people are typing out their actual experiences with the accounting firms. I mean, they're crazy horror stories and so it kind of changed from that so now i have like a dual focus i want to help our clients grow their wealth through our services um but i also want to change the accounting industry Mm -hmm. i want to prove that um that there's a better model and you know what yeah i'm i make less money as the shareholder than what i would make if i followed a traditional model that the big four follow but I believe the world is re, is just smarter now, and as owners, we have to be willing to give something up for the sake of longevity and well being for the people who are helping us grow our company in the first place. I think we just we need to be past the point where we treat people the way they've been treated, as if they're not actually human. And so um, that's kind of been the biggest change in my journey. As I add more people, I'm like, good, now we'll get to the point where other accounting firms can't ignore my model and they may have to be forced to change uh, in order to stay in business.
0: I absolutely love it. I mean, I I love the way that uh, I said the mindset just of changing because I too came from public accounting and yeah, I remember living some of those horror stories and and hearing the horror stories from others to where it's just like, after a while, when you see like, wow, these same horror stories just like live on generation after generation to where it's just like, yeah, at some point something has to change.
1: Yeah. I mean. I, hey John, where are you going? I I've worked 65 hours this week. I was I was gonna go home. I'm I'm tired. You've only worked 65 hours this week? Like, don't you want the promotion? Don't you know? It's like how many hours do I have to work to impress you people? <laughs>
0: <laughs> gotcha. Now speaking of your, you know, your awesome firm, where can people find you online or on social media to see all the awesome things going on with your firm?
1: Yeah, so our website is insighttax.com. And uh, we actually spell it, yeah, as you can see there, insight as in to incite a riot. Um, the word actually means to cause to action. And so we, we just like our clients, you know, we, we want to help them take action. But we have a ton of blog posts, a lot of free resources there. If anyone's looking for tax strategies, um, a lot of good stuff there. And then, of course, the contact us page if anyone wants to reach out and chat with us.
0: Awesome, awesome. I absolutely love it. Now, before we wrap up, one of the questions that I like to ask every guest that comes on uh, is, you know, when you think about your journey of kind of where you've been and you think about where you are now and just the vision you have for where you're going next, you know, what's two pieces of advice that you would share with other small business owners?
1: Um, I don't know if these will be related, but the first things that come to mind is when you talked about the vision, I didn't always have the vision. It was, I'm showing up to work, clients are calling us, prospects are calling us, I'm literally just going through the motions. And and yes, I I took an approach of, I wanna create value for people, but I had no idea what I wanted my firm to do, where I wanted to go. And if we take that approach, which happened with me, and I see with my clients all the time, as your income increases, your expenses will continue to increase at the same pace, if not faster, because you don't have a plan, and so having a plan, even if it's a simple cash flow plan where you're setting aside money for different purposes as you go, so that that money is going to be there. Like, oh, I don't know, to say pay taxes. I recommend setting aside money for taxes throughout the year, twice a month, once a week, in little little dollar amounts, so that at the end of the year, when you do have that tax bill because you have a successful business, you're not worried about, oh crap, where am I gonna come up with the money for this? Um, But part of it too is what was the plan? Like we grew at a nice clip, but it wasn't until I sat down and actually put together a forecast of what do I actually want the company to be? like, okay, if I was 300,000 in revenue that year, My goal is to be 750,000 the next year. What do I need to do to hit that? And you backtrack into that. If you, like without doing the work, you're just leaving your growth up to chance. And so I recommend everyone have some sort of plan where they're actually forecasting. And if anyone's accountants and you serve other people, this is a game changer. Your clients are going to love that you are thinking through like, let me help you create a plan and let me help you back into it so that every month now you can compare where you're at to where the plan is instead of, because with, without that, you just show up every day. You answer emails, you answer phone calls, you have meetings, you do work, and uh, I hope it works out. Um, so that and that definitely came to mind. I would recommend that. Um, second thing, you know, I've seen this. I'm part of some other accounting group organizations. And so I see accountants um, where, and this and this applies to all business owners. It doesn't have to be the accounting industry. They hired some team members and those team members didn't work out and it caused extra headaches in their life. Put a lot of training into them. I invested in them and they ended up stinking. So then they, quit, like they stop. They just go back to this idea of, well, life I, It's just better if I do all the work myself always. If someone is consciously choosing to have a lifestyle business and they only want to rely on themselves, if it's a conscious choice, I say more power to you. That's your choice. L- enjoy your life. I feel like most people I hear though, who say like, ah, I'm just going to do it myself they're running away from developing the skills they need to be a leader for other people. But if you think about the footprint that you can leave on the world as a business owner, you do the world more good the bigger your company is because wouldn't you rather people work for you instead of these other companies who treat employees just like they're another cog in the wheel and they don't treat them like humans? You know Your audience, Probably sees what I'm talking about. They're like, yeah, I treat all my people like humans. So, wouldn't you prefer them work for you? If that's the case, you kind of have a responsibility to develop these skill sets, which I don't have all of them. I'm still learning them. But there is an extra skill set that we need to develop as owners on how to lead our team so that when we hire them, they're getting the direction they need so that the company can actually grow. Because at the end of the day, if you are going to grow your company, you have to leverage other people's skill sets. It's just not possible for one human being to do everything that we're going to need in a growing company.
0: Awesome. I absolutely love it. Well, John, thank you so much for your time and thank you for sharing your insight and your wisdom. And before we wrap up, um, can you repeat the website one more time for people to go and check it out?
1: Yeah, it's insighttax.com, I-N-C-I-T-E, tax.com.
0: Awesome, well, John, thanks for being an awesome guest on the show. Thanks for having me, I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Finance and Accounting Show. If you like what you heard don't be selfish, make sure you hit that subscribe button and then share this with a friend because you know a business owner that could definitely use this insight. So be sure to hit that subscribe button, share it with a friend and turn on the notification bell so you get all the updates when we release a new episode.